Tom. Thank you so much for making time for me. Appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Brian. It's good to see you again. Yeah. So you were gracious enough to have me on your show last week. Um, it was such a great experience and it's very impressive. You go to your YouTube channel and you've got a lot of subscribers, like it's 18,000. And you know. so can you tell me about that? I'm going to start the show the same way you started your show. You said, yeah. tell me about your pod. I'm going to really ask you the same question, sure. but with the, with the idea that, you know, yours is more sophisticated. You have, I think a background in the tech industry that might uh, give you some advantages when doing this kind of thing. So my point is, um, I have this fledgling podcast and it's great, but but I'm really impressed with your presentation, your execution. And also, by the way, I really enjoyed your substance as well. So I'd like to hear all about that, really, if you don't mind. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, the channel um, has been around for, I think, now three years so it's been a labor of love. Um, it was originally started to support Andrew Yang's presidential campaign. I think it was, if not the first, it was one of the first YouTube channels that was about, you know, kind of Yang and part of the Yang gang mm -hmm. movement. Um, and at the time, I when I started it, I was also uh, working uh, at YouTube. So part of my job was to improve the tools that we provided to creators. And my view was like, well, if you want to uh, make the product better, you have to kind of use it yourself. And so we, you know, I created a whole bunch of channels, uh, but nerds at that time, nerds for Yang was one of them. And it was this great marriage of like, well, I have to kind of do this for work, but I also love the topic. And um, then after I, I'm no longer at YouTube, but I just kept going since then, just because it's been fun. And you're right. The, the channel has gotten decent size. I will say it's its peak was certainly during the Yang presidential campaign. So a lot of those subscribers, I don't know that they're super active, but they're still like a loyal group. And we have mm -hmm. some channel members that help kind of keep the thing going in terms of like paying for you know, podcast hosting fees or streaming software fees, things like that. Hmm. Um, yeah. And in some ways I've been uh, an amateur creator for a long time. I wrote for the college newspaper. I had a, uh, I was a DJ on our college radio station and, you know, I, I wrote a lot of blogs back in the day. Hmm. So, you know, I've always been blogs on, uh, not that we want to unearth your dark, dirty past, but blogs on what? Like, what kind of stuff were you thinking about back then? Uh, mostly about about technology, product management, and product development. Uh, so nothing that could get you in too much trouble. <laughs> no, but my my writings in college would get me in in trouble because I was um, pretty conservative for my college, and that's why I kind of identified with your kind of allergic reaction to some of the CRT stuff because I. Yeah. I went to a, a small liberal arts college that was amazing, but was definitely super progressive. And I, I was coming from, you know, an all boys Catholic school in New Jersey. So I was like, whoa, this is a different, you know, this is a different, different environment. And I think I, I had this um, contrarian kind of, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, reflex mm -hmm. to be like, whoa, don't, don't tell me what I can and can't say kind yeah. of thing. Right. Um, and so I wrote a lot of 
editorial like op-eds about you know political correctness and why mm. uh it wasn't it wasn't super productive but i think over the years i've kind of tried to separate my own desire for uh you know uh independence with like trying to understand where other people are coming from mm. and i think mm. now that i look back i probably misinterpreted some of the the tactics that let's say you know the more kind of liberal folks had been employing with um you know i, I don't think i really grokked that hey they're they have positive intent here right um and mm. same with you know i'd have to remind myself nowadays of the maga people like they mm-hmm. really in their heart of hearts you know have conviction we, we probably disagree about what they have conviction on but like in their mind like they really feel like you know in this case biden should not be in the white house and he's not really the president and they really in their heart of hearts many of them believe that donald trump is still president and i need to just meet them mm-hmm. where they are yeah and and, and that and that the left is destroying the country. They believe that. They believe it. And, and they... we need to understand that. And I'm not, you know, I think there's a there's plenty of uh, conversations to be had around that topic. But yeah, they believe that. And um, their intentions are good. I was just thinking yesterday, like the vague, you know, wagered that uh, the intentions are good behind the MAGA movement. And he's trying, we'll see what happens, right? But he's trying to, I think he's wagered and said, look, these everyone's focused on Donald Trump, but this movement, it's really about love in their minds mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah 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 they they definitely um i was actually chatting with a, co- a former colleague of mine who had just visited um idaho and he lives in seattle so very different kind of you know environment and i was like whoa what was that like going to idaho like that's because I know when we when I used to live in Seattle, just going to eastern Washington state was like another world. Um, and he was like, well, there's definitely a lot of political expression, like people wearing clothes that tell you exactly <laughs> what they will and won't do and right. you know, all that good stuff. Right. Um, but ultimately, like they're also super friendly and they're just yeah. trying to raise their family and, mm-hmm. you know, live their life. Yeah. So um I think the most concerning thing is not only are people convinced that they're trying to do the right thing, but they're also convinced, and this happens on both sides of the political spectrum, they're convinced that the other side has really malicious intent. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, uh, like my, uh, I have a MAGA family member, and he's really convinced that the Democrats are just you know, plotting to destroy the country and they hate America. They hate everything about the country. They just would not, nothing would make Democrats happier than destroying the country top to bottom. And Mm. I'm like, do you really think all Democrats feel that way? He's like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm just convinced I'm convinced. And so, you know, I have to just try and understand where he's coming from, but also maybe expose him to, you know, other points of view and hopefully we can, you know, kind of exchange perspectives. Wow. Well, haven't we hit the nail on the head now of what's going on in this country and what, why ultimately I was moved to, to start a podcast, you know, um, 
because in some small way, I wanted to contribute to those kind of conversations. There's some feeling like this isn't right. And I think you nailed it, which is each side has good intentions. Let's be real here. The the light, the most likely outcome is that every, everyone has good intentions, uh, but both sides seem to be assuming the worst intentions about the other, which is a huge problem. But then we have to ask ourselves, okay, but is there ultimately a right and wrong here and a truth and a lie? And is there, um, you know, is there some validity to either side's arguments? And ultimately I got to choose and stand strong and say, Hey man, this is what I see and believe. And what I, what I want to mimic anyway, it's all very interesting, but on the Democrats wanting to just so many people, and having gone through law school and taken the social justice classes and all of that, um, I have, you know, my little view, my perspective. And um, I would say that we, we talked about critical race theory last time, but when you extrapolate that out into every domain in society and, and just keep hit, hammering that, you do start to chip away at like the foundations of contemporary society, which is this equality thing. And so I think it's a dangerous game. I think it's a dangerous game. Um, but to your point, is it really the case that these people like Cornell West, for example, who seems like just like a really, first of all, he's obviously really bright and really knowledgeable and charismatic. And I've always been a Cor Cornell West fan on his media appearances. Yeah. And he had, did you see I, Jimmy Dore? You, you probably know, you may know who he is. I'm not yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Did you see the exchange they had Cornell West and Jimmy Dore? Recently? No, no, I didn't. It was really good. It was about uh, Jimmy was basically like, why do you make everything about race when it should be about class? The classic conversation that I think is happening between the left, mm. you know, like, is this stuff worth it? Is the critical race theory stuff worth it? Or is it is it really distracting what some on the left really care about, which is poor people? Mm. So anyway, I'm hoping you can offer me some insights or some guidance with your career. What should I be? You understand my temptation, my the allure of Vivek. Mm -hmm. Um what do you make of politics these days yourself? Um, on the one hand, I'm very, there are reasons why I'm optimistic. And then there's reasons why, um, you know, I have some concerns. On the positive side, I think there's a growing frustration with the two kind of, of uh, corners of the of each of the the two parties really having outsized influence on everything mm -hmm. and you know there's this large majority that are like whoa I am not neither of these parties speak for me mm -hmm. and so I I'm optimistic that if there was ever a time where you might see a third option emerge like the next 10 years, we might see that. And uh, I, in general, I'm a big fan of competition and more competition, the mm. better. Mm. So, you know, why is it just Coke and Pepsi? Like, come on, there should be some other options for us. Mm -hmm. So that's one reason why I'm optimistic. I think people are starting to get fed up and are, are open to a third party, whereas before they would find like, well, my current party is not great, but it's fine. But I was just at a gathering last night and I was, you know, a lot of us were saying, yeah, if you're 
fiscally conservative and socially libertarian, what party will accept you? Mm -hmm. And it used to be, oh, well, then you're kind of like a Rockefeller Republican, like a Northeast Republican, Bill Weld, that kind of thing. Yeah. There, that doesn't exist. Those people are not welcome in the Republican Party, in today's Republican Party. Mm. So, um, you know, people call Mitt Romney, John McCain, like, you know, traitors and and, mm. and not real Americans. And it's like, my God, this mm. is just out of mm. control. So I'm optimistic that you might see a third party. Like I'm a registered member in California of the California Common Sense Party, which is aligned with the uh, forward party. Um, so that's op a reason for optimism. The reason for some concern and a little bit of skepticism is uh, something you were uh, referred to. Like at some point you have to make decisions and take a position. And of course you want to understand different perspectives, but you got to take it, you know, you got to land somewhere. And this is where um, we used to have some shared facts yeah. that we say, okay, you know what? I disagree with what you, how you interpret these facts but we agree that those facts are true. We come to different conclusions as a result of considering them. But today there are fewer and fewer shared facts. There's no more kind of North star. There's no more like, you know, um, you know, like baseline that we can all agree on. And whether it's, I mean, I've been on Twitter uh, last week and people were complaining you know, complaining to me that I'm not taking hydroxychloroquine seriously enough. Why, 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 why aren't we talking about why it's such a miracle cure for everything? And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, here are the studies I found that say it does not do what you say it does. And they're like, Oh, that's some pharma funded, exactly. pharma funded study. That's not the real study. Well, you question everything. It's good to question. That's what yeah. I'm doing. But that's what Tucker Carlson is doing. But at what point do you stop yeah. just questioning and accept yeah. some objectivity? Yeah. Or, yeah, speaking of Tucker, like, I think now he's talking about, well, you know, Obama had a gay lover. Yeah. or, And it's like, okay, where does this now, like, is fact just like a matter of personal kind of preference now? Like, is mm -hmm. it just like, well, I have my set of facts, you have an you know, other people have alternative facts. Like, how is this? Mm, how do yeah. we? Where do we go? Alternative from facts, because, yeah. Because yeah. at then, if you don't have any shared, like, if you're do at at school and you're trying to solve like some problem set for some class, some engineering class, there's like a a set of established parameters up front. Like, okay, you know, uh, gravity has this amount of feet per second, and you know, th there's it's you know, water boils at this temperature. And like, you can then start saying, okay, well, I'm going to start kind of working my way through this. But if it's like, oh no, I don't, I don't believe in gravity. You say gravity exists, mm. you know, I don't believe in yeah. or whatever mm. it is. So that is the most concerning thing because like, then how are we going to make decisions as a country? Like, imagine if we were at work and we're trying to make a work decision Yeah, and someone's point. like, oh, well, I don't believe that revenue is that number. Yeah. It's such a good point because- I'll speak. I can only speak for myself. Again, we're searching. I'm searching. I want to question all the systems, all the knowledge, yeah. you know, and, and we should, right. You know, yeah. you don't want to just take anything. Um, 
and in the in, in in this age with the internet and everything, you just you the que- the questioning is exponential, and you can never stop. Um, and so it's this competition between constantly questioning narratives and losing your entire grip on reality. Yeah, and where is the truth? Yeah, on so many issues that that is the question that needs to be asked. You know, Vivek's hitting it. We don't need to talk about Vivek, but, you know, it's the truth. But yes, everyone wants to know the truth. And it seems like, like you said, there's so many less shared facts today. Yeah. And everyone, it seems like people can just pick whatever their truth is based on how they feel. Yeah. And versus like, um, let's say evidence or fact or logic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we're getting to this point of, There's critical thinking, which is, hey, you don't just take everything spoon fed to you. I get that challenge Mm -hmm. assumptions and validate things and pressure test arguments all for it. But if you take it too far, it becomes like, oh, I'm just going to live in my own created reality. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's a free country. But if you start now forcing that approach on how government makes decisions and how we as a people Mm. decide what laws we want to live under. um, Then I feel like, okay, how do we, how do we reconcile this? It becomes like the massive popularity Mm. contest. Yeah. Well, speaking of a popularity contest, I want to ask you about the forward party. My vague knowledge, vague understanding of the forward party is that it seeks to, implement majoritarian policies is that correct what is the ford party all about if not that yeah so it's a great question and i'm not an official representative of them i'm just i'm a great i I hope they succeed uh you know the closest formal relationship i have is i am a registered member of the common sense party um which is affiliated with four party so but what I heard, I, I interviewed uh, one of the uh, Ford Party Texas uh, chairs, and he was saying, hey, you know, uh, the Ford Party National focuses on, I think, values. And then, and the values are things like, you know, respect and probably, you know, openness and all this kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the state uh, Ford Party decides priorities like immigration or entitlement reform or whatever. And then the four party candidates, they actually take the pop, they pick their own policy positions. So you could have a situation where four party Texas says abortion is a top issue. And then two four party candidates being on opposite sides of the abortion issue, as long as it's consistent with the values at the national level. So it's a very interesting party approach. Usually like, you know, like the Republicans are generally pro-life and, you know, Democrats are pro-choice. That's not the way the Ford party is operating. Um, For me, what appeals to me about the common sense party is I just don't like the stranglehold in California of the Democratic party. I just feel like there's no competition for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then secondly, I, I do find that I think the common sense party they are, are more willing to just say, no, from a policy point of view, we are probably going to lean towards more of a centrist approach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not super 
uh, kind of red meat stop positions, but you know, they're just kind of like pragmatic, reasonable positions that most mm-hmm. of us agree on. Got it. And so like, wouldn't that be great if you had a government to just kind of like took a reasonable approach to most issues? Sounds like the, the forward party is kind of trying to make in itself what, what it remake in itself, what the whole scene should be trying to be a microcosm of the entire spectrum maybe hey you can bring whatever position you want here as long as you're reasonable and respectful and have at it um maybe trying to that's what it sounds like a little bit yeah it's it's a very unique approach um i think we'll have to see how that goes because it's hard to package it like you know prospective four party members I think would want to know like, well, where do you stand on climate? Right. And the answer they give is like, well, we have these values mm. and your state for a party may, may have climate as a priority, but then the candidates may take different positions. So, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately like the one thing that I do know the Ford party is fired up about is open primaries, uh, gerrymandering reform, uh, rank choice voting, kind of like uh, rewiring the, the the infrastructure for democracy. Mm. Which, on the one hand, like for political junkies like us, is super cool. It's like, oh yeah, let's fix the root cause. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very hard sell to um, you know the busy man on the street who mm-hmm. doesn't think about politics and policy all day, and they're going to be like, what gerrymandering reform? Why do mm. I care about that? I'll give you an example. I just got in a long Twitter discussion with someone who I, th- I don't even remember what uh, it was about, but basically they brought up, Hey, you're not, you're not doing enough to advocate for uh, against like the woke mob and the trans agenda. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, it's not in my top five priorities. And then they said, oh, I'm sorry, you're not a woman that you don't care about Mm. me and my daughter. Mm. And I was like, I didn't say I don't care about you and your daughter. I care more about uh, elected representatives and a system that's objective and fair and Mm. competitive and does Mm. efficient work for us all. And if we had a Congress that was really competitive and they weren't getting reelected at like 94% incumbent, you know, return rate, then they might even be more um, adaptive and responsive to your concerns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think she was just like, whatever, you know, you're some kind of leftist, whatever. And it's just like, okay, well, mm. um, you know, she's very motivated. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who this, I've never met this person, but they're very motivated about like the, the trans woke stuff. I get yeah, it. That's yeah. a really interesting point too. Um, and it's not that there isn't plenty of reason to have that conversation. It's not to say that these cultural issues, if that's what we want to call it, trans social mm-hmm. issues, it's not that they're, this is really what I'm thinking is they're super important and, and we got to have those conversations, but also perhaps the forward party is more is more interested on the tinkering on under the hood of the processes um it's less sexy it's less uh, topical it's less accessible to the busy person on the street yeah but but it's um 
it's also very important. So that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, in my honest opinion, I'm sure the person was sincerely concerned about trans stuff. And I, I respect that. My view is that her, her voice is not going to be acted on in her own best interests and, and the, her other, you know, fellow citizens, because the people that represent her in DC are part of, you know, a grift. Mm -hmm. And those, those mm -hmm. congressional representatives, because of gerrymandering, they don't have to appeal to the majority. They just have to appeal to the party activists. Mm -hmm. And the way to get the party activists to support you is to go way extreme and get super fired up on these red meat issues so that mm -hmm. you can get them to reelect you. Mm -hmm. And it, and then they to get perpetuate to perpetuate the machine that is not yeah. working. And they purposely try not to get anything done. They will never compromise because even if they were good people and wanted to compromise, if they did compromise, they will get primaried by someone saying, Oh, you're a rhino. You're not a real warrior or fighter or whatever. Mm. And then it's just like, it's this never ending drama the only people that win are the these lifetime politicians. Mm. It's like in a lawsuit, the only people that win are the lawyers. Right, right. Mm. Um, mm. And so, you know, I was trying to say, hey, look, like your voice is being taken for granted because if you nominate someone that's like super extreme, they're not going to get anything done in Congress. And then you're going to be more angry than nothing's getting done. And it just keeps repeating. And it. by the way, Congress does very little lawmaking these days, right? With the whole administration. Doesn't Vivek have a point there about the administrative state? Vivek, yes. So he's such an intriguing guy. Um, no doubt he is super smart. And he's been incredibly successful in business. And uh, kudos to him for getting to almost 10% in some polls from nowhere mm -hmm. for the president on just the strength of his own intellect yes. god bless and, him right. like yeah very impressive dude mm -hmm. now i have my own and i was actually just doing a review of vivek on my nonprofit called of the people.us where it's like yelp for political candidates and mm -hmm. what i said in my review of vivek is like super smart guy i personally have an intuition that he's not the most authentic Mm -hmm. that he's very good at saying things that he knows will activate voters. But I also feel like he's so smart. He feels like a, a champion, like college debate team captain. And he can argue either side with great confidence and conviction. Mm -hmm. You know, you, I like almost wondered, I said, does he need a tiny dose of humility or not? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I think he could use a little bit. Um, but you know, but he's also, as you say, he, he's so gifted on the campaign totally trail gifted. that, that yeah. it's like, it's not that he's lacking humility, yeah. frankly, when he interacts with people, he's, he's overflowing with humility. He's a smart guy. Yeah. And uh, so I, now on the administrative state side, I think when he, when he says things like, uh, defund the FBI, he's laying down negotiating positions too, right? Maybe. I think he's also saying things that activate people who are 
who 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 want to just blow up the whole system and uh, you know like eliminate Department of Education or that climate climate change policies are a huge hoax and have killed more people than climate. To me, uh, the generous interpretation is these are opening negotiating negotiating positions. I actually think he knows that these are unreasonable positions mm -hmm. and he's not saying them because he needs to negotiate. He's saying them because he wants to really consolidate the pissed off wing of the Republican Party and, and pissed off is they have right, a right to be pissed off. I, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if he really believes some of the stuff he says, like as an example, he's, he was a libertarian for many years, which I have great respect for. But um, if you're a libertarian, you should not be preaching to people about, well, family is between a man and a woman. Like that's not, a, that's, that's your family. Mm. That's fine. But don't, you know, don't uh, impose that view on other people. Uh, if they're yeah. not hurting you, then leave them alone. I don't, I don't really care how people construct their families. It's their business. As long as they're not harming me or harming people. Um, right. So, right. so yeah, Vivek, super smart. Uh, is is there a need to have a leaner, more efficient government? Yes, um, but I I also didn't agree with the BLM uh, kind of advocates who were saying defund the police. Like, come on, like this is just crazy. Mm -hmm. like, reform, yes. Train, I would actually pay police officers more. I would increase. Right. So. Um, to kind of attract the best talent and because it's a hard job. So um, yeah, Vivek, uh, not, not my favorite dude, but I love watching him. He's right. definitely like. Just as, as, as admirers of the sport of politics, <laughs> what a player, yeah. what a, what a, what a player a he came out to the yeah. scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I mean, just alone, the, the, the all the media appearances, whew. I mean, yeah. in just a few months. What a, what a, what a run he's had. Uh, it's quite a scene. Yeah. I would pay money to watch a one-on-one -on -one debate between uh, Vivek and Mayor Pete because they're both so freaking smart. Exactly. That's why I've been saying, you know, either Kennedy. I was saying we deserve Kennedy, uh, Ramaswamy, Kennedy, and now I'm like, you know what? We deserve Kennedy Buttigieg because these guys can operate. Yeah. Because they don't. Um, I like them because they don't assume that the American people are dumb. They're talking, you know, Pete was talking about structural reform. He was saying things and he wasn't toting around it. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to hear, hear those sides. Oh they both God. want structural reform. So let's hear it guys. Yeah. 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 And they're both super smart and they both have a great grasp of the details mm -hmm. and can put together a logical argument or, yes. or poised under pressure. That's what you want in the oval. Frankly, mm -hmm. neither Trump nor Biden give us that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. So true. So true. You know, despite uh, Trump may have had some virtues governing, you know, he might have done some good things maybe by accident, but he, you know, he definitely didn't have that ability to, there was something lacking in the leadership department. And when you see a guy able to put sentences together, either Pete yeah. or Vivek, you go, damn, yeah. wouldn't that be nice for, for, a, for outside the box guy to just be able to yeah. lead, lead us, to tell us why, Yeah, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Trump and Obama were like opposites in style. Like Obama was definitely very professorial and probably came across a little aloof. Too logical. All logic. Yeah. yeah a little Vulcan. Mm -hmm. And Trump is, you know, this kind of entertaining, but also clever, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a showman. For sure. And, and salesman. And my God, can that guy sell? Like, exactly. Uh, you know, I believe it when he told people like, hey, if you say something like four or five times, like it becomes the truth. Like he totally plays that game and he's yeah. very effective at it. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just so ready for a new generation. Like I live in Northern California and, you know, Nancy Pelosi's running for reelection. I'm like, really? Mm. 40 years in the in the congress and then i i watch uh press conferences with mitch mcconnell and i'm like oh man like come on you gotta it's Did my internet just go out or is he not moving yeah, <laughs> no selfish. disrespect no disrespect it's so selfish because they all had great careers yeah. but it wasn't really designed to be a lifetime appointment but mm. they effectively are making it lifetime mm. appointments so yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm ready for fresh faces and fresh parties. And amen. And it sounds like you can, well, you know, hate the game, not the player, right? Ultimately. Yeah. So yeah. we should, you know, that's probably, yes. maybe that's, maybe that's the ultimate takeaway is as, as much as we might not think it makes sense for these people to perpetually, especially until they're decrepit. Um, if we want to change things, we got to go at the system, right? And so it's interesting, you know, everyone wants to address systemic problems and everyone's got their own perspective, the forward party and those affiliated with it has its own perspective. The left has its own perspective on systemic issues and how they need to be. So look, I think we're doing great stuff by, I'm saying that modestly, you know, we got to talk and as you say, I think we're all ready for a new generation. Maybe that's really what it is. A fresh a breath of fresh air, if nothing else, if nothing else. Yeah. Even if you don't change all the, the stuff under the hood, just having different leaders that have had different experiences and yeah. are, are not kind of don't have as much baggage. Um, that would be a, that would be a move in the right direction. Um, and then if I think across the country, I think we as voters need to ask our representatives about their positions on how primaries work and mm. you know um, how districts are drawn um, and how votes are calculated you know first pass the post or rank choice or approval or star like if we don't ask about these things then those candidates aren't going to talk about them because they reflect what the voters want mm -hmm. and unfortunately like we as voters have sent signals to our representatives that we like red meat and we like to mm -hmm. fight more than we mm -hmm. want to get work done. That's, that's really interesting, man, uh, as, as well. You know, it's all about personal responsibility and we can't ultimately expect anything to change unless we focus ourselves and, and point ourselves in the right direction. So that's a pretty good landing spot to leave it with just a few minutes left. Um, giving me a lot to think about and I really appreciate it, but yeah, the, the ultimate takeaway being, we as voters need to get clear on our priorities and, yeah. and then somehow change the signals and, and hopefully it'll just percolate 
Um, but but start it starts with focusing on yourself and and what you what you signal is important to you. Yeah, I mean, as much as I don't like a lot of the politicians currently in office, like they reflect the districts that voted for them, mm. and they are the product of what the voters wanted. Yeah, we have to take responsibility for that. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you, sir, for joining me on a Sunday, and I appreciate it, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 as you can tell, I, I'm always up for a conversation about politics and policy and yeah. it'll be an exciting year. So uh, for sure, it will yeah. be. And, uh, you know, you really give me a lot to chew on here. So I'd love to talk to you again in the future. And when we do, if it's OK with you, it'll be maybe a, a next level in this conversation because I'll really research all this stuff. And um, I'd love to have a follow up at some point with you. That would be great. You yeah. just let me know when. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You bet. Thanks, Brian. Good today. Bye-bye.